You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome into Alumni Stadium and Corey Clark's living room. Uh, where, where we just uh, watched Florida State survive, uh, thrive, and then survive in a 26-23 victory against Boston College. Really, uh, Corey, I'm, I'm curious what the uh, what the replay showed you about some of the calls in that game. I don't want to start off with officiating, but I feel like we have to because Florida State was up 26 to three in the second half, and it looked like this could this game they completely dominated Boston College, and then it just seemed like man one call after another got BC back into it. Then FSU got on their heels a little bit and didn't do anything offensively. Um, but man, I, you know, it's, it's good that FSU won this game because if they had lost with some of those officiating calls, I think Mike Norvell might have just strangled somebody on the sideline. Yeah, man, they were all bad. I, I you know, not all of them. Let's that one's ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, th- that play right there is the most, and they talked about it and still <laughs> came with the conclusion that it was a personal foul somehow for getting blocked into the back into a returner. It's on you. It, it and, was, uh, look, and, man, and, and he just like bounced into his ankle briefly and the guy fell backwards to draw and tried to like trying to, it wasn't even like he got pushed into him and wiped him out. He touched his foot after he got blocked in the back. Yeah. yeah. Well, and that, but that wasn't the biggest missed call that, you know, the Jordan Wilson OPI is, is a phantom call and it costs you points. You had first and goal inside the 10. It's probably a touchdown. You didn't even score on that drive. You had this play, the, the the ridiculous personal foul, but Boston College might have scored on that drive anyway. It was the other drives where you had a chance to put the game away. That They were game-changing penalties that really, like Florida State could have won this game by three touchdowns. Now they won the game, and that's what matters most, and they did overcome some of that stuff. And Norvell in the postgame was like, you know, I, he lost his cool a little bit, but sometimes things have to be said is how he addressed it. And it's true. He, uh, he, was, he had every right to lose his cool because it seemed like – not only was the officiating bad, it was clearly one-sided. I'm not saying they were out to get Florida State, but it was one-sided. All the big penalties, all of them, were against Florida State. And again, I've never seen a left ta- a right tackle called for that, for being in, uh, you know, not in the floor. I've seen it very rarely. It happened two times in a row that cost them two first downs. And again, you score there, it's 26 to 10 right there. You go score there in any variety, the game's over. Um, the, the, the P.I. on uh, Duke Cooper. Cooper, I don't know what he did wrong there. Jamie Robinson being kicked out of the game for that. That dude is 245 pounds, and you saw the rest of the game. All he does is run. So you have to be there for the run, and he doesn't know that he's going to slide into him or he's going to slide right there on a third and four. How's Jamie Robinson supposed to know that? Um, He's got to try to make the tackle. He's going low, and then Jerkovic slides into him. All that said, I think think this was their best win of the season, everything considered. Not their most important win. I think that was Miami. But coming off what they came off, going up there, 
almost blowing a huge lead, being the official seemingly against you on the road, just to come off an emotional win like that and go win on the road, that says a lot about where this program is going. Yeah, and the only reason I wanted to start off with the officiating was because I don't feel like it's fair to say Florida State held on and you know, collapsed, nearly collapsed and held on for victory because they would. it wasn't like they played poorly. I asked Mike Norvell directly that in the post-game press conference. I said, did you feel like when you got up 26-3, you lost focus? Do you think guys kind of lost? And he was like, no, not at all. Um, and, 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 you know, yeah, they did give up a long kickoff return. Uh, NBC made some plays. I didn't like leaving Zay Flowers, wide, you know, one-on-one without a safety over the top in, in that situation. But And it's not like Florida State coached a perfect game. It's not like they played a perfect game. But, man, uh, I really don't think it would have been close. Florida State, that first half, to your point, coming off of the Miami win, to come back the next week, that was the question a lot of us had during the week was, could they come off of that physical, emotional win over Miami and go on the road and play well against it's a decent team, a team that has their starting quarterback back, they haven't lost all season without him or with him. And we heard good things during the week. We saw practice Tuesday and Wednesday. They were very good practices. They, they could have been up by 25 points in the first first half if they had cashed in a couple opportunities. And then early in the second half, they go up 26 to three. Uh, it's really impressive. And, 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 you know, listen to Mike Norvell. If, if you get a chance, go watch this conference. Uh, I know you have Corey. I'm talking to the, to, to the viewers, but, his emotions about the they were on four. They've won five of their last seven now. They have a chance to go to Gainesville and get to bowl eligible, and we'll see what happens. You know, that's not going to be an easy win, even though Florida seems to be struggling. But, man, to come from where they've gone, come from to get to this point, I mean, he is super impressed by them. Your column, people can read it up on the site at warchant.com. Uh, you sound really impressed by this uh, turnaround as well. Yeah, man, it was they were they were zero and four, and they could have made an argument to be one of the best, one of the worst Power Five teams in the country. Well, they're not anymore. They actually look like one of the best teams in the ACC. The last the last eight weeks of the season, they've been one of the best teams in the ACC. They they they're not filled with great talent, as we all know. So the margin of error isn't. There's not a big margin for error. That's why all these games are close in the fourth quarter. Like they're not a consistent enough team probably to blow out Boston College right now. They were they were on the cusp, and that kick return really hurt them. But, you know, they were on the cusp and didn't make the blowout happen. But they, they're learning to win close games now. They're in close games. They're playing well in moments for the most part. I thought Norvell wasn't great at all on that last drive. you got to know if you're going to go for it on fourth and one. You can't get a delay a game if you really want to go for it. He seemed to kind of hesitate there. He didn't kind of hesitate. He did hesitate. But Jordan Travis is turning into a legitimate throwing quarterback. He, he makes plays with his legs. He makes more plays now with his arm. That is a great development moving forward. And wait till he gets some dudes out wide that can really play. And then they they just, yeah, man, they had every they had every excuse to go one and eleven or two and ten. And instead they've gone five, what have they gone? Five and two in their last seven games? In in two the two losses were a flu five game to NC yeah. State and then at Clemson in the final two minutes. I mean, they've been they've been one of the best teams in the ACC since starting off 0-4. Really, really impressive what they've done, man. Also, another week with another kind of redemption story. Last week, it was Andrew Parchment comes back uh, from, you know, not even playing in a game a few weeks ago, comes back and has a big play in that game against Miami. This week, Andrew, Akeem Dent, we've been seeing him getting better the last few weeks, but you know, he, he ends the game basically with that interception there at the end. And he's a guy that early this season, we started to think whoever really plays a significant impact for FSU, 
here he's been starting Sammy has the interception tonight uh, and you just you're you're seeing more and more of those types of stories where these guys have figured it out under this coaching staff yeah yeah i mean it's it's everywhere man now look it came down probably would have been better off just batting it down but hey go get you an interception man you've dropped enough of those in your lifetime go get you one and end the game for sure um and you know that's all about the pressure up front and good coverage i mean that's fourth and ten they he wasn't running for his life right away the coverage in the back end was good enough that he he then felt the pressure and had to just throw it up for grabs. But yeah, man, Akeem Dent. Um, and look, you you lost your best defensive back eleven minutes into the game, and you still found a way to win. Like uh, McClellan, he's not a great player. We get that, but he had he led you in tackles. He had fifteen. Deloach, as we saw earlier, had a really big play. You're seeing young guys or guys that haven't done a whole lot. Um, so far in their career, step up when somebody else is out. That's a good thing to see. You've got to build depth. They still have to build a lot more. But you you like what you see out of this defense. That's as good a first half as they played, and I don't know how long defensively. I mean, that Jerkovich kid's a good player, and he was running for his life. He was battered and bruised the whole first half. He was he. I thought Ira that if Florida State had scored again to go up thirty-three to three or twenty-nine to three, they might take him out of the game just to save him because he was getting destroyed. Uh, but then that kickoff return happened and gave him life and all that. But either way, man, I, I, I just think it's a really impressive win. And more impressively is what they're doing with this team. Because this was a team that was left for dead. They were a laughing stock um, after the Jacksonville State game. They were a laughing stock at halftime against Louisville. And now, like I said, they have been one of the best teams in the conference the last two months of the season. That is a credit to those players, and it's a, and it's a credit to that coaching staff, too. They're fun to watch, man. They're not great. They're not fun to watch like the 13 team was fun to watch, but they're fun to watch because of just how hard they play and how how well they play despite some limitations. It's it's cool to see. Yeah, and I thought you mentioned that in your column, and I thought it was a great point. This team is fun to watch, you know, and, and it's been a long time since we've seen a Florida State team because even at the end of Jimbo Fisher's tenure, the last couple of years, that team wasn't real likable. They weren't real fun to watch. They won a lot of games, you know, ten, some 10-win ten seasons but never really beat anybody you, you didn't expect. This team now has gotten a couple of uh, upset victories. Uh, they've gone on the road, show they can win on the road. Um, and, you know, tonight, you know, again, six weeks ago, everybody was calling for Adam Fuller to be fired. Tonight, especially because of the way they played in the first half, but overall the way they played, he gets to break the rock. Uh, Adam Fuller gets to <laughs> break the rock after this win. tonight. just shows – and listen to Keir Thomas talk about that after the game. And he said, you know, he goes, look, man, We've, I've been defending that guy all year because when we make mistakes, it's not because we're in a bad play or a bad design or bad scheme. It's because we've made a mistake. If we stop doing that, we can play like we did in the first half of this game. Uh, so it's big for him, man. It's big for this whole staff. And again, from a recruiting standpoint, all we've been talking about was, man, if you could just give these recruits a reason to believe, these last six, seven weeks, man, they do it. Now, the question is, can they cap it off next week uh, down in Gainesville? Um, I mean, that's, I, I guess – from a big picture standpoint, no matter what happens next week, do you feel like they've done enough that this season feels like there's real momentum going into the offseason, or do they really need to cap it off with a win against uh, the Gators? No, I mean, I, no, they've definitely done enough. Um, it would be a, it would be an incredible cherry on top to get to go to a bowl game after starting 0-4. I don't, you didn't see that stat, but there's only been two football teams in history in the Power Five that have done that, started wow. off 0-4 and gone to a bowl. Uh, one of them was Colorado in like 1986 which was all those young guys that ended up playing for a national championship a couple of years later. And then another one was Texas A&M back in the sixties. Cause A&M, you know, never really been relevant. 
Um, and you know, they're relevant now, but top 15 ish relevant, but, uh, so they would be making history if they did this, this is an all time turnaround. This is something you don't see a lot ever. It's the, they would be the third team ever to do it. But even if they don't, man, I I thought we, when I was sitting next to you at halftime of that Louisville game, I was like, they're going to go one and 11. And this is the worst power five team in the country. What was, what was the score at halftime? It was was 31 to to seven, but it had been 31 to seven. Yeah. yeah, it was 31 to 7 until a last minute uh, touchdown right before the half. But, like, you know, we didn't know how good Wake was then, but, you know, they had just gotten blown out really at Wake. They were getting blown out again by an average Louisville team. And you're like, this is ridiculous. Then that second half happened against Louisville, and they've been a different team ever since. They've actually been fun to watch, and they can beat referees. I, I didn't know they could beat referees, <laughs> but that was an all time, that was an all time effort by that officiating crew. Like, one of the best I've ever seen, and it still didn't work. Florida State still made enough plays to win. Uh, other o- other offensive stars, I guess, standouts. It was good to see Lawrence Tofili back. He comes through with a big play. Uh, Jordan Wilson is the unsung hero of the game for some of those blocks downfield on those early touchdowns. Um, but also Jordan Travis, you know, and you, you touched on it earlier, but I do want to kind of wrap up talking about Jordan, Jordan excuse me, Jordan Travis. I mean, what he's – the, the touchdown he had in that first half where he kind of moves twice in the pocket to buy time to let the receiver break open, I mean, it's he is playing quarterback. And, and you know, Kenny Dillingham has been saying that, but really he's playing quarterback now. And then when you add in what he can do from his legs, I mean, it, it's uh, it really does get you excited about what maybe this offense, and particularly he could be in, in 2022. Well, yeah, he was the quarterback that made less plays with his legs in this game by a wide right. margin. Like, Jerkovic ran for like he extended five different drives by scrambles, including a couple third longs, just running around. I mean, maybe give him get a spy or do something on those third and longs when you know he could run. Don't just give him free grass to run in. But yeah, you know, Jordan Travis is is making like I said, he's making more plays with his arm right now than his legs. Um, a lot more. You know, I think he, he had a couple first down runs in this game, but it wasn't anything special. I would have thought two months ago for for the offense to score for this team to win. Jordan Travis would might have to make two or three special plays with his legs every game. That's mm-hmm. not happening, man. He sits back in the pocket and can beat you. And teams are teams are making them. They're daring him. And he's doing it right now. He made a couple really nice throws. I thought he made an incredible throw to McLean oh, right yeah. there at the end of the first half. And I don't think McLean saw it or something. It looked like he put it right almost on him. And he didn't yeah. see it. Now, I didn't like what happened after that play. Like, go ahead and take a knee. You don't need to get your quarterback sacked. That was your one shot going to the locker room. But – that's fine. That's nitpicking. Um, but overall, man, I just thought I, I, you, you start to see, okay, he's got some goods. And again, like put flowers on this team, put char, uh, Rambo on this team. Like look at some of the receivers this team has to go up against. Now imagine them on your side and what he could do, how much they could, how, how, how much that would matter. And you think the Calvary might be coming in that regard. So give him some dudes out wide in this offense right now, which isn't great. It's not good even really by any measure, except in the red zone. They're crushing in the red zone. But they're not a good offense. But they could be very good this time next year if they get some guys out wide, some more guys out wide. All right, we'll wrap it up here from uh, Boston, Boston College. Corey's wrapping it up from Atlanta. And uh, we will have – actually, are you in Tallahassee? You're actually in Tallahassee, I'm right? in Tallahassee, dog. This is, this is the Tallahassee above. That's right. We uh, big game week coming up at warchant.com for the Florida game. Co- follow all our coverage, Corey's column. We've got plenty of videos, more content coming. 
this week as Florida State tries to uh, get bowl eligible against the Gators this week. So signing off for Corey Clark and Aslan Hajavandi, this is Irish Schofield.